Gibbs, founder of Incandescent Public Relations, publisher of Being Incandescent Business Magazine, and you are host for the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show on the Incandescent Radio Network, the voice of entrepreneurs. Hello, this is Hope Gibbs, your host for the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show. We are thrilled to be here today with master marketer, author, and entrepreneur, Guy Kawasaki. We first met Guy at the Empowered Women's Conference in Miami soon after he published his 2011 book, Enchantment, The Art of Changing Hearts, Minds, and Actions. In it, he explains, enchantment transforms situations and relationships. It converts hostility into civility and civility into infinity. It changes skeptics and cynics into believers and the undecided into the loyal. That's an enchanting premise for sure. And indeed, enchantment charmed millions when it hit three bestseller lists, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Publishers Weekly. So we were keen to share Guy's insights with our readers and thrilled that he agreed to be our Entrepreneur of the Month in the August 2011 issue of our national business mag magazine for entrepreneurs, Be Incandescent. Since then, we have reviewed another of his fascinating books, Reality Check, The Irreverent Guide on Outsmarting, Outmanaging, and Outmarketing Your Competition, which is our book of the month in, May of, in July 2012. And in that book, which was originally published in 2008, Guy says he hits the mark on what was his mission for the book, which was to provide hardcore information to hardcore people who want to kick ass. Amen to that. So those are just some of the topics we'll be talking to Guy today, uh, who will be featured in our, in our upcoming book, PR Rules the Playbook. So welcome to the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show, Guy. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me as your guest. Oh, it's our pleasure. And um, So one of our goals on this show, and especially in the upcoming book, is to help readers and listeners understand the PR playing field. We do that by identifying the difference between PR marketing, advertising, and sales. And why these ideas are certainly interconnected when it comes to launching a strong PR marketing campaign, each has its unique qualities. So tell us, how do you define marketing? Marketing is the... Creation or fulfillment of demand for product or service that the people usually are not aware of. So in other words, it's about anticipating or creating a need. So you worked for Apple in the early days, and clearly they have launched some of the best marketing campaigns in decades. So what do you think is the secret to their marketing success? Uh, the key to Apple's marketing success is not marketing per se as much as they make great things. And so Apple's path is if we make great things, we do well uh, and the marketing works. If you make crappy things, it doesn't work. It's kind of simple that way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, and now let's talk a little bit about re Reality Check, which is truly an encyclopedia on essential marketing information and also business tactics. It's a must-read for every entrepreneur. I was blown away by it. Each of the chapters could have been a book unto itself. Um, it's just packed with so much information. And I love that you admit in the book that you, you can't implement all the recommendations in it, so you provide a 10-step checklist that includes important questions for business owners to ask themselves, including, are you making meaning? Does your project jump to or create the next curve? Is your product deep, intelligent, complete, elegant, and emotive? And do you have a mantra for what you do? Tell us a little bit about those, that advice and how that applies to your marketing campaign. Well, 
I think that many companies uh, create something that's much too complex. They create a mission. They create these documents and all that. And my recommendation is you limit yourself to about two, three, maybe four words to describe why your product or service should exist. I call this a mantra. So the mantra for Nike could be authentic athletic performance. The mantra for FedEx is uh, peace of mind. Uh, my personal mantra is to empower people. So that's that's what I try to do. And I think if, if companies had something as simple as that, it would really make their lives uh, much better because uh, employees can remember what they're doing, consumers can understand what they're doing. Uh, it, it leads to a certain clarity when you are limited by such a small number of words. So your your mantra is to empower people. Talk a little bit more about what that means. Well, in my case, I hope I can empower people with my writing and my speaking. Uh, empower, in my latest book is called Ape, Author, Publisher, Entrepreneur, and I'm trying to empower people who want to write a book. Uh, so with my investments and my uh, writing and speaking, I try to in- empower entrepreneurs, and now I'm trying to empower writers. And that's a bit of a game changer. Talk a little bit about this current book, because it's, it's a little bit controversial in certain circles. Uh, really? For what? I I just had a bunch of friends say, did you read his latest book? It's amazing, but boy, it's going to piss off some people. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, arguably those people should be pissed off because they're the traditional publishers who are trying to maintain the status quo where only a few companies pick the winners and losers. And uh, if you have that kind of power, you don't want to see your power being eclipsed. So I understand that, but you know, life goes on. So uh, you know, this book is about how people who are interested in writing a book can do it. Uh, there are three stages, you know, authoring, which is writing, publishing, which is producing, and entrepreneuring, which is marketing. And uh, for those of you who are not thinking of writing a book, I would still make the case that you should read at least the last third of this book because the last third of this book explains how to create a guerrilla marketing and social media platform. I specifically apply it for authors, but you don't have to be an author to use it. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, any any company uh, or person who's trying to uh, do successful marketing would find it, I think, very interesting and useful. So what's the biggest tip from that specific portion of the book that you'd like people to take away? Well, the biggest tip is to, you know, get off your butt and start building your social media platform the moment you decide you're going to be shipping something, whether it is a book or a piece of software or a website or a service, because you're going to need a social media platform. Don't start the platform uh, once uh, your product or service or book is done. Oh, that's beautiful, and I I think you are you have the most followers on Twitter. Is that right? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> You're pretty close, though. <laughs> no, I, I only have like 1.2 million. Oh, only. <laughs> there, yeah, there are people with many, many more. Uh, but many of those people got the number of followers they did because they have they were on the Twitter suggested user list. I was never on the Twitter suggested user list, so mine is more organic. Which is interesting when it comes to marketing and guerrilla marketing. How do you feel that organic marketing is more powerful? Uh, you know, the the easy way to answer that question is, of course, to say yes. But I can't tell you that 
organic marketing is more powerful than spending a hundred million dollars on Super Bowl commercials. I mean, <laughs> at some point, you know, money does buy marketing, but for the reasonable range that we're probably discussing, yes, I believe that is true. Right. And for smaller entrepreneurs or self-published authors or authors that are published by a big publishing house and they still need to do their own PR and marketing, it gets complicated at that level. Yeah. And, and for those people, you don't have the option of spending $100 million, so it doesn't matter, right? Right. Absolutely right. So let's now talk about Enchantment. I absolutely love that book. It was the book that inspired me to become one of your one of your biggest fans, I think. Um, it's The Art of Changing Hearts, Minds, and Actions. What is the best way that entrepreneurs can make their marketing enchanting? Well, this is kind of a side answer to that question, but truly the best way to make your marketing great is to have a great product. Uh, it It sounds like an evasive answer, but you know, I've tried to enchant people with great stuff, and I've tried to enchant people with crap, and it is a lot easier to enchant people with great stuff than crap. So uh, so that's step number one. And then step number two, I think, is to basically keep in mind or keep a sort of empathetic perspective that, you know, are you asking people to do, buy, say, you know, register, anything um, – do something that you wouldn't do. And assuming you're not a psychopath, then that will, uh, I think, keep you straight and narrow in what you ask people to do in marketing. So when it comes to marketing, what do you advise people to avoid? Uh, I advise people to avoid things that uh, insult people's intelligence, things that are too in your face. Uh, I, I like marketing that assumes that the person is intelligent and is providing information, and then is enabling a person to make a free will decision. Uh, I don't like marketing that insults people. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and I think that circles back to reality check, where you give them really consistent, concise ideas, like do you have a 10-slide pitch with no font smaller than 30 points that you can give in 20 minutes? Have you figured out a way to give your product out uh, with, no mar with no budget? Um, are people helping? Are are you helping people who can't help you? Uh, talk a little bit about the, that advice. Well, those are all sort of you know. I think it's it's good uh, for ethics and karma that you you maintain those kinds of principles. Uh, I'm a big believer in karma, and uh, those are some of the principles that guide me. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's it's. Yes, you would, of course, like to close a sale, but the real question for a marketer is not so much can you close the sale, which is good, don't get me wrong, as much as will the person that you've closed the sale then tell other people to buy the same thing? That's the test. You know, it's, yes, it's hard to close a sale, but once you close a sale, truly, if you're doing things right, great product, great marketing, then that person will become your evangelist. That's a very good test. And that's great advice. Um, it it's, talks about viral marketing and guerrilla marketing. Tell us a little bit about this guerrilla marketing tactics that you've used um, that aren't in your face. They're not offensive. Because when you think of guerrilla marketing, you think aggressive. But that's not your approach. No, not at all. Uh, I, I, you know, I, one of my favorite examples of guerrilla marketing was the story of a pizza chain that was coming to, I think, uh, Denver for the first time. And, 
what it did is it ran a promotion where if you brought in the yellow page ad of its competitor, you would get two pizzas for the price of one. Uh, but that effectively removed the other competitor from the yellow pages <laughs> for a year, <laughs> right? So that's an uh, example of guerrilla marketing. I think that's a very cute example. Uh, another example is a, a uh, Costco price club kind of store opened up next to a small independent, and the independent didn't know what to do, you know, bigger store, bigger selection, cheaper prices. So what it did is uh, it renamed its store Main Entrance, and it was mm-hmm. right next to the big box store. So uh, that's also kind of a cute idea. So it's things like that. It's it's using your brains instead of your wallet. Mm, very clever. And, and that goes back to the tip that you offer in Reality Check. Have you figured out a way to take your product to market with no budget? Uh, Barefoot Wine is one of our clients and good friends of ours, and they were brilliant when they were first marketing their product because they needed supermarkets to think that everyone loved their product. So they started giving it away at silent auctions to charities that they believed in. And then they suddenly created a, a, they were helping the charity and they were getting people to love their product just authentically. And that got the the supermarkets to want to buy their stuff. So is talk a little bit about how you've seen that happen as well. Seeing supermarkets buy their product. (laughs) Oh no, how, how you take your product to market with no budget. I think the key to taking your product to market with no or low budget is social media. And, uh, you know, with a book, for example, I had about 1,500 people read the book before it was shipped, and that yielded, I don't know about hundreds, but certainly dozens of great reviews on Amazon. And that is an example. So, first of all, you have to get over your paranoia that people are going to get your book electronically and then give it away to everybody so no one will buy your book. So you need to trust people. And secondly, you you need to uh, be willing to take that kind of risk. And I think it pays off. Um, I really really have never been screwed by doing something like that. Hmm. Coming from your heart, doing the right thing. And thinking like a, you know, a gorilla, G-U-E-R, as opposed to gorilla, G-O-R. <laughs> That's excellent. I, I also love from Reality Check, would you hire imperfect job candidates who love what you do as well as people who are better than you? Which is not exactly a marketing concept, but an entrepreneurial management concept. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, I, I think one of the keys to hiring is that you hire people who are better than you in any given skill area because if... If you're better than them, then why do you need them at all? So uh, if you're the engineering person, you should hire a better finance person, better marketing person, better PR person, better ops person. And if you're the ops person, you sure as hell should hire a better marketing person and a better finance person and a better engineering person. So if everybody hired people who are better than they, the the you know the sort of level of quality of employee just keeps rising. Uh, I think losers hire people who are worse than they so that they can always feel superior. Yep, that makes sense. And and then this last tip I wanted you to chat about for a minute. Are you only asking people to do things that you would do too? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so my theory here is that, again, unless you're a sociopath, uh, if you are not willing to do something, why would you ask a customer or employee to do it too? A very good example is, Many sites have a really extensive uh, registration process with CAPTCHA and all these kinds of things, you know, credit card, even though we're not going to charge your credit card. So ask yourself, you know, would you register for a free website doing all those things? 
And if you wouldn't, why would you ask anybody else to? And that's a very good test. Yep. Now tell us about these books that you've written. Is are you at? Are you over twelve? Last time we spoke, you were saying I'm not going to write anymore. I've done enough. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I thought. I am at number twelve. And so what's so this one? How is it going? Uh, so far so good. And you know, after I'm on your show, of course, it's going to do much better. So that's the goal. No, I have I have no complaints. That things are going well. And what's on the horizon? That I do not know. Uh, I I never really planned to write uh, What the Plus, which is the book before this, or Ape. So all of a sudden, uh, I just got it in my brain to do this. <laughs> and so uh, me telling you what my next book will be is kind of impossible. Because uh, I don't know. If I knew, I would tell you. I really don't know. It's just one day I'm going to wake up and decide to do one. And you know that'll be it. It's It's literally that random and that simple. And is that your advice to others, to just follow their gut and let life take them as it should? I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to be my style. I don't think it's the only style, nor necessarily the best style. It's just my style. And, um, you know, partially, I'm at this stage in life, uh, which is an interesting time where I am not so poor that I am desperate to make a buck and to get any kind of positioning and branding and visibility. On the other hand, I am not so rich that I don't care anymore. So I'm kind of in the middle. <laughs> and uh, so you know, this manifests itself sometimes when people ask me to do free speeches. So this is a you know company that is for profit, right? So they're making money, and they ask me to do a free speech. And I, you know, often tell them, I say, well, if I was filthy, filthy rich and it wouldn't matter, I would do it for free. And if I was, you know, really just dirt poor and I would do anything for visibility, I would do it for free. But I'm in the middle, and I'm not doing it for free. And so, you know, I've passed many a speech because of that. Yes, but you've gotten many more, I imagine, because of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. In fact, Mel and Patricia Ziegler are Entrepreneurs of the Month in May 2013, where we're speaking. And I understand you guys, you and Mel went overseas and did a beautiful speech for, about entrepreneurship. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a founder of Banana Republic. What a great guy. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So one, before we let you go, give us one last marketing tip that our readers can take to the bank. One last marketing tip would be to the extent possible, enable people to test drive your product or service. If it's a book, give them excerpts. You know, if it's uh, a website, let them use much of the service you know, st until some time period expires or you go over a certain storage limit or number of records or something. But basically you're saying, I think you're smart. I'm going to give you the experience. Then you decide. Mm, so give to get. Yes. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. As always, we are impressed with your thoughtfulness and meaningful insights. My pleasure. Thank you very much, and I hope your uh, listeners change the world. Oh, me too, right? And both of us. <laughs> this is Hope Gibbs, your host for the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show. We thank you for spending your time listening to the Incandescent Radio Network, the voice of entrepreneurs. Here's to your incredible, indelible, incandescent success. We hope to have you back when you talk about your next book, Guy. All right, thank you. I'll be there. Okay, we'll talk soon. Bye. 
So that's it for today's Incandescent Entrepreneur Show, where we always ask, what's your story? If you have a good one and would like to be interviewed on the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show, send me an email to hope at hopegibbs.com. Check back every Monday at noon for a new episode of the Incandescent Entrepreneur Show on the Incandescent Radio Network, www.incandescentradio.com. We look forward to talking to you next week. Here's to your incredible, indelible success.